brought to you by Dubois Production. Hey, welcome back to N.O. and J.B. Sports Pedigree. We are back to provide insight on a wide variety of sports topics from NBA hoops to Major League Baseball, NFL football to professional soccer, and everywhere in between. And our goal is to shed some light on some topics that maybe you haven't discussed or thought about ever or in a while. And we're going to have some fun while we do it. I don't want to waste any more time. I am JB. And unfortunately, this week, it's uh, just going to be me. Uh, N.O. has had some a series of unfortunate events, which uh, most recently, a uh, severe storm and power outage in his city. Um, been without power for some days. Um, we're just thanking God that he and his family are well and safe. But so... What we're going to do is, uh, as I've done once prior, just kind of do a uh, current events update show with just me, um, and hopefully all is well, and next week the star of the show, N.O., will be back. So for now, just hang tight with me. We've got a, a, quite a few things going on in the sports world to get into. Um, as always, blessed to be here and have the opportunity to share thoughts with you all. And uh, appreciate you tuning in. Uh, so one segment that uh, we've done in the past is the week ahead, and uh, I'm bringing it. I'm bringing the weeks ahead this week uh, because we got quite a bit coming up, and maybe you have thought about it, maybe you haven't. So first and foremost, the Women's World Cup going on. United States most recently lost a heartbreaker. Honestly, not super surprised the way they were playing and from what Inno was telling me about uh, some of the competition this year. Um, tomorrow, well, by the time you hear this, it will be today, uh, England and Nigeria, one of the upstart teams. Uh, England is a favorite. Certainly pulling for Nigeria in that one. They play and then host Australia and Denmark. Play the last game of the round of 16 for Monday. And then on Tuesday... Colombia and Jamaica, another CONCACAF team, Jamaica, representing against Colombia, who is playing pretty lights out. And then another one of the favorites, France, matches up with Morocco. And how about Morocco, both their men's and women's teams in the knockout stages of the World Cup for such a small country? Pretty incredible. So well done to them. Uh, you got the quarterfinals, if you're interested, on Thursday and Saturday. And then next week, we'll have the semifinals and the finals. Uh, Sweden looking pretty tough um, after just taking out the USA. So kind of up for grabs at this point. Of course, we've got Major League Baseball going on. Um, the Reds have the Marlins and Pirates this week. And uh, after the six-game losing streak, uh, which I'm going to get into in a bit later, uh, just got got to figure out a way to get some wins because the Cubs have the Mets this week. Uh, Brewers have the Rockies and White Sox. We could very easily be four to six games out if we don't figure it out this week. One of the bigger series um, next weekend, Angels and Astros. Um, right now, Angels are on the outside looking in, and if they want to stay in contention, they've really got to make some headway against division opponents. So that's a big series coming up. Also, we have the kicking off of the Premier League next week. Fired up about that. Soccer fans, um, hopefully you are as well. 
Chelsea with the enti- pretty much an entire new team uh, rolling out there. We'll, we'll see how that goes. It's going to be an interesting season. Matching up with Liverpool in the very first week of the season. That is a historically two top six teams, top tier level teams matching off in the matching up in the first week. Should be a great one. And we got Luton Town in the Premier League, officially in and JB's official honorary Premier League team, Luton Town. They don't have a home game till the first of September, though. I think they are still doing some renovations on the stadium. If you recall, they had to have a few million dollars worth of work done to the stadium even to make it ready for Premier League games because the size of their stadium is like as big as my backyard. So going to be interesting, going to be pretty awesome to watch how they do as well. And lastly, for this uh, portion of the show, we've got the FIBA World Cup coming up starting on the 25th of August. USA plays on the 26th. They're in a group with Jordan Greece and New Zealand so get to match up with the Antetokounmpo's um, right out of the gate there not sure we're going to have much competition with Jordan or New Zealand Canada may actually be our toughest competition overall looking at it uh, pretty solid team there with the likes of SGA Jamal Murray Slovenia, Australia France, Spain they all have solid clubs And it's not like we have our A-list players. I mean, we've got some all-star and some up-and-coming young guys headlined by Anthony Edwards, my guy. Um, For my money, probably the most talented and best player on the group. Um, Starting five is probably going to be he and either uh, Halliburton, probably in the background, uh, brand background, back court. Brandon Ingham and Mikael Bridges. And Jaron Jackson Jr. will probably round out the starting five if I had to place bets. So pretty solid stuff. Again, a lot going on. Training camp for the NFL and still folks getting signed, uh, which I'll get to in a bit as well. All right. We've also had uh, the Major League Baseball trade deadline come and gone. And I want to give a little bit of update with where everybody sits right now in the world of Major League Baseball standings-wise and the playoff picture. I mean, we've got, what, a month and a half left of baseball season? Close, eh, closer to two months. But, I mean, we're getting down to it where this is like, all right, teams are making their moves. Uh, it's now or never kind of deal. So, all the divisions right now are still up in the air within just a few games, uh, some even less than that. With the exception in NL East, the Atlanta Braves with an 11-game lead currently probably have that division locked up unless their entire team gets hurt. And it's weird that every other team currently in the playoffs or even in the hunt made some moves or key acquisitions at the trade deadline with one or two exceptions, Um, and I'm going to get to that. So we'll start off in the National League. You got the Braves with the overall best record, Dodgers in the West, and the Brewers currently leading the Central. In the wild card race, the Giants currently would be in fourth, the Phillies fifth, and the Cincinnati Reds still, if the playoffs were to start today, would be in the sixth spot, even after losing their sixth straight game and getting swept at home 
by the lowly Nationals. As we sit, the Marlins, half game out of the playoffs. Diamondbacks, a game and a half. Cubs, two back. And the Padres are three back. Um, Looking at some moves that were made, Arizona got a really solid closer in Paul Sewell. Uh, The Braves added some bullpen guys. Definitely was a need for them. Dodgers added a couple arms to give themselves depth. The Brewers added Carlos Santana, getting another bat in the lineup, which was one of their deficiencies. Phillies added Michael Lorenzen, among others. Uh, Cubs, Candelario, we just recently saw him against the Reds. Uh, pretty nice pickup for them, adding him to their lineup. And as mentioned, the, Red, the Reds got a single left-handed bullpen pitcher. Wow. Switching gears to the AL, the Baltimore Orioles in first place in the league and with currently the best record, not even close. Crazy. Got the Texas Rangers in second, another team that coming into the season, not a lot of folks probably would have penciled in there. And currently first place in the Central are the Minnesota Twins, even though they have the ninth best record in the the actual league. But right now, they're winning the division. Kind of goes back to my point of uh, getting rid of divisions. That just proves it right there. Um, anyways, currently in the wild card, you have the Rays, who went from just being on fire to start the season. They've cooled off, certainly. They are in fourth. The Astros in fifth. And right now, the Blue Jays would round out the playoffs if they were start today. You have the Mariners, two and a half back. They've been making run as of late. Yankees, three and a half back. Red Sox, four back. And the Angels still hanging on at five and a half games back. Currently, every team in the NL East would be ahead of the Minnesota Twins. (laughs) So, who made moves out west? Or, I'm sorry, who made moves in the AL? Uh, Verlander to the Astros is probably the most notable move. Um get a guy who's a future Hall of Famer, former ace, as well as the Rangers getting Max Scherzer from the Mets and picking up Jordan Montgomery from St. Louis. So they're really going all in. Something that, you know, maybe a team from Cincinnati could have taken note of, but I guess not. Uh, The Rays got Savali. Um, Angels, surprisingly, made some moves. Got Giolito, among other arms, to bolster their squad. Blue Jays picked up Jordan Hicks, and the Orioles got a couple pitchers to add some depth, too. So kind of a theme there is uh, most of these teams that are in the hunt and or in the playoffs adding depth, either depth for starting pitching or bullpen. But for some reason, uh, as we head into my personal segment here, which I guess this whole show is my personal segment, but (laughs) for some reason, as uh, we look at the Cincinnati Reds, they decided... They're not going to make any moves. Now, there's a couple of sides to this. Number one, we heard that the players uh, didn't want to mess up the chemistry, mix it up. Okay. To me, that's a cop-out. Since when have the players ever made decisions of the front office? Unless it's LeBron James in the NBA. So, to put that out there, I feel like was a marketing ploy by the Reds. Because they either didn't want to make any moves because they didn't want to spend the money. 
or they just couldn't get anything done due to incompetence or unwillingness to part with maybe some prospects. Now, there's an argument we made there regarding the prospects, but about not giving them up for rental players. I would also argue that, number one, you only get so many opportunities to make the playoffs, as we know as Cincinnati Reds fans. And you need to take every opportunity you can to try to go as far as you can. Why waste opportunities? You know, we have a group of young, talented players that we don't know how long they'll stay together. So we should have been going all in, is my point. And if we have to give up some minor league players, then so be it. Because at the end of the day, the Reds have a plethora of minor league guys that are never going to see the field in a Reds uniform anyway because we got like five or six guys that are basically rookies playing the field now. So what are we holding on to these guys for? I think at the end of the day that 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 also sent a negative message to this team because look at the way they're playing now. And we're starting to see some of the young pitchers who are hitting walls because they're they're hitting points where they've they've pitch more innings, Andrew Abbott, than they have in their whole career. We've got a guy with a 7-plus ERA still in the rotation. All of a sudden, we have our two emotional leaders, Jonathan India and Jake Fraley, with random kind of weird injuries. Seems just very strange, the timing of everything. And so these young guys are starting to really feel the pressure. The front office didn't give them any support or provide them with any new players to give them more energy. And so they're going to have to figure it out themselves. I don't know if they can do it. The only hope for me is getting Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo back. But that also got pushed back. These guys were supposed to have already come back, and now we're waiting longer. So trying to stay positive but when you just get swept at home by the the nationals and you're in the middle of a pennant race and you also feel like your manager isn't a good one it's really hard to stay positive um not to linger too long on that but it's one thing to play the numbers the righty lefty game i get that i also get giving guys rests here and there but i argue that these guys are young they need some consistency they need to be able to build off momentum. Switching the lineup day in, day out really does nothing to help their confidence. And when you're in the middle of a pennant race and you play Kevin Newman, Nixon Zell, and Stuart Fairchild back-to-back games in big division games while having the likes of TJ Friedel, Ellie De La Cruz on the bench... To me, that makes no sense. Again, play the numbers here and there, but don't live by them. Baseball managers, play your best players. There's a reason the Braves have the best record, right? They play their best players. Anyway. All right, off my red tie horse and on to another sport or a couple of sports. We've got uh, kind of a lot of stuff that's been happening in the offseason NBA NFL haven't really touched on it on the show a lot um, of course we have our own insightful and fun segments and sometimes um, we don't get a chance to talk about the current events as much so 
that's what I'm doing today. Just to kind of fill everybody in and keep everybody up to speed. And hopefully I can shed some light on some stuff. Um, NFL. First thing that sucks that stick out to me is poor Tim Patrick. Ruptured Achilles. This guy has had season-ending injuries now in back-to-back training camps. Can't even imagine. A super talented guy. Uh, Jeff Okuda down with another injury. Just another one of those guys that can't seem to get on the field. Uh, Naheem Hines already out with an ACL tear. And how about Sony Michelle and John Ross retiring? I mean, it feels like these guys both just got in the league. Really, the Michelle one might be more surprising to me because I don't think John Ross ever really got close to reaching potential of a number nine overall pick. Um, Sony Michelle, I mean, he was a very solid player. And uh, I guess the wear and tear, seeing the lay of the landscape with running backs, he just hung them up. Also had some suspensions recently. Uh, Alvin Kamara out for three games due to offseason altercation. Um, Eskridge from Seattle got six games for a personal conduct issue. And Ronald Jones from the Cowboys, two games for PEDs. Uh, did have some, we've also had some recent signings that we haven't touched on. Uh, Saquon Barkley was a big deal getting him signed, I believe. Uh, Jimmy Graham signed with the year for a year back to the Saints. Trayvon Diggs. Five years to the Cowboys. That's a big one for them, I feel like, for their defense. How about Melvin Gordon signing with Baltimore for a year? They have now like 18 running backs on that team. And my Bengals re-upped Trey Henderson through 2025. We also re-signed Logan Wilson through 2027. So now have our starting linebacking linebackers and Logan Wilson signed. Pretty unprecedented for the Bengals to... Uh, not only make that happen, but to invest in that position, that's not something they've done over the years. So they must really uh, value not only these guys, but I think Lou Anarumo values that position a lot higher, and they got it done. Uh, Jermaine Pratt, Logan Wilson, a couple of still young and very talented, kind of the heart and soul of that defense. Uh, Eli Apple finally gone. I'm not going to say I'm too sad about that because he – he tended to write. He tended to write checks with his mouth that he wasn't able to cash. So uh, he's now a dolphin. So have fun, Calvin Ridley. Anybody seen highlights of him in practice? Uh, man, he is. Uh, he's looking like he's ready to go. So hopefully he gets an opportunity to do that this year. Uh, only thing I want to say about the NBA, really, a couple of big, uh, big deals. Jalen Brown, obviously, with the. Largest contract in NBA history now. Um, take a look at that guy. He's an interesting story behind um, what he does and uh, kind of his background, his intelligence, his thought process. I think he's uh, got some good plans with some nice things to do with all that money. And uh, Anthony Davis, three years, 186 mil to the Lakers re-signing him. So... My question will be, does that mean LeBron is going to play three more years? Or is L.A. hedging their bets in case he leaves? Interesting. Especially with the hard cap and the NBA coming up, it's going to going to change things. Um, I think players are going to find the money's not going to be quite the same that they're getting right now. So it's going to be interesting to see. Anyway, 
Uh, last thing I really want to dive into and try to break down and I mean, I've been as confused about it as, as you probably can be, but college school realignment. And uh, as it pertains to sports, it's insane. And come 2024, these conferences are not going to look anything like what they look like, not just when I was growing up watching college football and basketball, but even just like five years ago. Um, 68 schools are going to be spread across a total of, well, I guess five conferences. So what's going to happen is, for those of you that haven't seen, the Pac-12 is going to have four teams. <laughs> four teams are going to be left in the Pac-12 as it stands right now. Cal, Stanford, Oregon State, Washington State. So hold on. Obviously, if the Pac-12 is going to stick around, that means they're going to be bringing some other teams in from some of the group of five. Um, you may be thinking about uh, teams like UNLV, uh, Colorado State, New Mexico, San Diego State, you know, maybe a team or two from um, the West Coast Conference, who knows, or it's going to go away. But crazy to think about just a few years ago, and now all of a sudden the Pac-12 is going to be gone. Um, ACC, let's run through them. We're going to have 14 teams. However, I've also seen recently that teams like Clemson and Florida State are inquiring and potentially trying to go to the Big Ten. So we shall see. But for now, they have the same schools heading into 2024 that they have now. Uh, they did eliminate their divisions for football and will play eight conference games. Uh, my question that I have for really all of these conferences is how they are going to dictate a fair and balanced schedule. For instance, you're going to have teams like that don't have to play Clemson and Florida State in that conference. How is that fair to a team that maybe has to play both of them? You know, so the disparity there in the scheduling in some of these conferences is really going to be crazy because uh, I believe most of them they have like a rivalry game and then the rest of them rotate so from year to year based upon talent recruiting everything else it could be dicey uh, the Big 12 going to have 16 teams and a total of eight of them are going to be new schools let's run through it Arizona from the Pac-12 Arizona State from the Pac-12 Kansas Kansas State Baylor Oklahoma State TCU Texas Tech Iowa State, West Virginia, those eight are all the current teams. And then we've got BYU, Colorado, the Bearcats, UCF, Houston, and Utah. What a what a strange conglomerate of teams. And this is one of those where it's like, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Geogra ge geographically, it certainly doesn't. Um, and this conference is going to play nine conference games. Again, not sure how they're going to determine who plays who, but guess we'll see. Um, Big Ten. The Big Ten will be the Big 18. 18 teams in a conference. That's crazy to me. Like, where does it end? <laughs> or are we going to end up at the end of the day just having two large conferences? Is that what it's going to be? I think we've discussed that. Big Ten and SEC. Everybody just join one or the other, and then we'll all 
flip a coin to see who plays each other like crazy. So here we go. Big Ten, Indiana, Ohio State, Illinois, Iowa, Penn State, Maryland, Purdue, Michigan, Rutgers, Michigan State, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Northwestern. The new schools added to that, Oregon, UCLA, USC, and Washington. That's pretty crazy. So you're telling me my kid goes to Maryland and they're going to be playing at UCLA in a conference game? To me, that makes not much sense. So interestingly enough, to that point, Missouri head football coach Eli Drinkwitz actually uh, check out his interview that he just did recently questions all of it because we know this is all about money obviously the ncaa talks about how you know the the kids interest and they do what's best for the kids no they don't if they did what's best for the kids this this certainly isn't it because this affects every sport not just football so he spoke on the the fact that baseball players and softball players and other sports not only do they have to travel, they don't they got to travel commercial typically. Getting home at 3 4 in the morning coming from a West Coast trip and then have to go to school the next day. So, how fair is that to them, their mental health, their sleep, all of that? It really isn't. And we know what it's all about at the end of the day, but interesting uh kind of perspective from a coach there to take a look at. Lastly, the SEC. Uh 16 teams They're adding Oklahoma and Texas to their already um, vaunted group of squads for football. Uh, They're going to play eight conference games. Still have the independent, still have the group of five schools for uh, for football. But, again, it's going to be crazy. So that's all I really got for this week, y'all. Again, hopefully you're doing well. And uh, we appreciate you tuning in. Excited to get back at it next week with N.O., and uh, get back to the normal show. But hopefully you guys enjoyed and at least got something out of this. So wish you all the best. Have a great week. Check it. We keep pushing forward when the lights dim. The flame still burns when the night ends. So it's time to get animated promptly. My passion's connotated as anger. Wrongly, since I'm as real as it gets, I won't take that. Might spew a couple of words I won't take back. I'll be the thug who seems to bring charm. Check my skin in the U.S. I'm seen as that regardless. Docile and harmless. Emblematic guinea pigs. Submit to control all the people in the city did. Silly kids only listen to that. Extreme numbers to them. To me, it's how you attack. <laughs> Sometimes I think that I'm great. And I stumble It's better to be lucky than good Keeps you humble I'm hands on in my approach So when I fumble I turn over to the most high Therefore I'll never crumble Tough Gotta get started to get ahead Conduct stoic They know I'm not acting scared I'm the type they feel they have to replace Demonizing the face in my black voice And masculine traits Like it's a problem Don't fear delusional types Mentally locked in But still in tune with the hype Whole models about deception I catch a trend and go the other way You can call it an interception What's popular Tends to reveal what's going down Standing back with a scope watching from across town the guidance from above is what i view is profound so when i see they really care that's when i'm coming around